Good afternoon. Oh, thank you. Um, I feel it's like an evening, doesn't it, to be honest, with the uh, cold, dark, wet uh, Sunday afternoon. But it is great uh, for us to be here together. Um, we pray for those that obviously aren't here with us for various reasons, but you know, it's really, really great that we've made that effort to come out this afternoon um, to come and gather together as God's people and to be able to worship God together um, and hear from uh, his word. Um, I'm hoping it's circumstantial, but the last few times I've preached, it's always been about just over 10 people here. So um, I'm hoping that's, that's not premeditated. Um, there's a visitor as well, so welcome to you as well, sir. It's really good to have you with us. Um, and obviously for those that, that have been with us um, the last few weeks, you'll know we're going through a series through the book of Galatians, uh, particularly Galatians 5. Um, and what we're looking at really, isn't it, is the fruit of the Spirit. But we're looking at, not necessarily looking at them in isolation, but how the fruit of the, of the Spirit is deeply embedded into God's redemptive story for his people. And how these characteristics that we read of in Galatians 5, um, particularly towards our passage today around uh, verse 22 and 23, we see how it's an it's a, it's a outpouring, isn't it, of the long-awaited fruit of, of Jesus, of, of God's promised redeemer for his people. And one thing for us to really kind of narrow down immediately uh, as we kind of set up our afternoon, is look, that's after we want to look at the fruit of the Spirit, not primarily being things that we do, but more about who we are as a people. Um, it does involve what we do, of course. We can't get away from that, particularly our passage we're going to read together um, shortly. There's elements of, of action, there's elements of behaviour, of outworking, uh, of, of what it looks like to be a saved people together corporately as the church. Um, but I want to have that focus, that real posture of heart and seeing how uh, it speaks to um, us as a people and how God is moved by his Holy Spirit within us to, to be different, to be distinctive uh, from those around us that are outside of the kingdom of God. Of course, we know, if, if you'll know from James chapter 2, that there's a real focus there, isn't there, around faith without works is dead. So um, we'll look at that again a bit later on. And, and in the next couple of weeks as well, we'll look specifically at the applications of of the fruits of the Spirit, um, but real focus on what it means for us to be um, transfor- a transformed people with regenerated hearts, renewed minds, um, the work of the Holy Spirit within us, really kind of changing who we are as people that then leads to a change in, in behaviour and outcome. Um, so again, really important for us to look at that regenerative work that is done in our hearts and minds by God's Holy Spirit, when we're saved, when we're brought into a relationship with God, um, we receive his spirit and immediately we have a transformed heart, we have a renewed mind, um, where we think differently, we know different, don't we, because we know the, the now the source uh, of all life, which is God uh, himself. Um, and we do live lives, um, hopefully, that pursue godliness, that pursue holiness, but it's a recognition that we can't do that effectively, can we, outside of the person of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we really want to look at uh, this afternoon. Um, we cannot attain that godliness, that holiness or that righteousness um, outside of, of, of God's Holy Spirit that dwells uh, within us. And a real affirmation, isn't it, as we read through this passage shortly, that as we're going to see what it looks like to um, embody the, the fruit of the Spirit. It's a recognition, isn't it, that actually um, we, we do so in God's strength. We do so in response to what God has done for us. And there's going to be a real focus this afternoon on, on what we have received 
in the gospel. Um, what we've received um, as being a saved people. Um, and of course, we know that through the death and the resurrection of Jesus, um, who is now with God at the right hand, interceding for us. That yes, we've received, we heard this a few weeks ago from, from Noah. Yes, we've received forgiveness of our sins. Yes, we've received um, eternal salvation and eternity with God. Uh, uh, we, we no longer need to fear sin and fear death. And we've been saved from those things. But more than that, we've been saved for something, for a purpose. And that's to walk in step with the Holy Spirit, uh, to represent uh, the gospel, the Lord Jesus Christ here on earth, and to go and tell people about what Jesus and what God uh, has done for them. And hopefully we can see that difference there, that uh, we're going to see the outworking of what it looks like, but also real, really focus on what it means for us as a people to to be, um, to, have, to have the fruit of the Spirit within us, uh, not necessarily what it looks like just to, to do certain things. So hopefully that will be clear as we, as we go through. Um, so we read up and turn your attention to our passage. We have um, from Galatians chapter 5, uh, only a short one. Um, doesn't mean the sermon's going to be short, um, but the passage itself is a short one. Uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 to 23. We're going to read it, um, we're going to pray, and we're going to get into our time together. So it says this. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and against such things there is no law. Let's pray together. Father, just thank you that um, you are a God that loves us. We're going to hear a lot about that this afternoon. And I just pray, Lord, that as we, <clears throat> we hear that, as we affirm that, we'll get confidence from the fact that this, this affirmation is not from me. It's not from one another. It's from you in your word. Uh, and we know, Father, you're a God who, who does not lie, who cannot lie. You're the ultimate truth, um, a perfect, holy God. And you tell us that you love us. And I just pray that um, what it, when we consider what it looks like to have uh, and to live in light of your love, to live in light of what it means to have joy and to have peace, that you will just really, by your Holy Spirit, uh, make it real for us, make it um, clear in and, and, and a, and a real way where we're not um, doubting or, or worrying no matter what our circumstances are. We can sit in our chairs this afternoon, here, here and now, um, later on as we go home, in the complete assurance that we are loved by you. Um, Lord Jesus, we just pray that you will just make yourself known again to us through your word, through the words that, that we read of you today. Um, Holy Spirit, we ask that you just continue to speak to us and make all that we hear and what we read, um, just it moves us towards a deeper understanding of, of God's love for us. Um, and we see that no more clearly than at the cross. Um, so Father, just pray for our time now. It's really bless it. Uh, help us, uh, do not allow Satan to distract us or to take uh, away from our time, but for us just to really focus on, on your word here uh, this afternoon. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, so what we'll do is just, just, just hopefully this will help us uh, kind of see how, how sort of structured this. So um, we've read that passage there around the fruit of the Spirit, but the key focus is on love, joy and peace. And what those three things mean uh, to us, for us, uh, and ultimately how we can actually respond to that in, in light of being uh, God's church, God's people. Um, and we're going to look at it in three ways. So love, joy and peace through a biblical perspective. So really, really important, isn't it, for us to understand what does the Bible say 
about love um, a lot as it, as it happens um, uh, and joy and peace as well. Secondly, what does, how does Jesus himself embody love, joy and peace? Because Jesus is our saviour. Jesus is the one that we look to. Jesus is the one who has saved us from our sins and that we seek to honour and praise and worship and glorify. And we see the way he lived in his life and his ministry and how he embodied those things. So, so looking at that. And finally, uh, how we can apply it as a church because um, yes, as, as I've you know, set up a little bit there, it is more about the posture of heart and that we are, we've received these things, but then what's it look like for us to uh, outwork those <clears throat> together? So here we go. Um, when you Google the, word, the, the question, what is love? Um, it paints quite a picture actually. Um, and when I did that um, over the weekend and, and in the weeks that preceded today, um, mainly you're getting song lyrics. Okay, now I promise I'm not going to sing to you. I did threaten, I said to you, I'm going to, what, what if I open with, you know, it was never going to work. So, um, but I'm going to, there's a couple of songs I found, I'm going to read these out to you and we'll see uh, what we think. So when you, when you Google what is love, a song comes up called what is love. I'll read the words to you. What is love? Oh, baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me no more. I sing it exactly, yeah. Uh, in my head, I, I'm sure people are singing it, aren't they? In my head, I was singing it then. That's a refrain that repeats through the song. There's a few woos and a few woes. Um, then it goes on to this. No, I don't know why you're not fair. I give you my love, but you don't care. So what is right and what is wrong? Give me a sign. Now, ironically, the word gimme is wrong um, in that <laughs> song because actually the contraction of give me does not exist to become gimme, but... You know, that's a songwriter for you, isn't it? The, the artists, I suppose. So. Um, anyone know who sang that song, by the way? Yeah, OK. I know. Do you give us a name. Oh, sorry. I thought you said anyone had this. No. Do, who, did you know who sang that song? Oh, brilliant. There we go. Excellent. Hadaway. Uh, and I, I Googled the, the, the CD cover, and there wasn't even a question mark after the word, what is love? So, again, this grammatically oh, baffles the mind. Um, Another one, shouldn't be more familiar to you. Just the last one, by the way. I'm going to do song lyrics all afternoon, don't worry. But listen to these. I found a love for me. Darling, just... Oh, I almost sang it then. Darling, just dive right in and follow my lead. Well, I found a girl, beautiful and sweet. Oh, I never knew you were, you were the someone waiting for me. Because we were just kids and we... Again, that's terrible, by the way, grammar. Because, <laughs> it should be because, of course. Um... We were just kids when we fell in love, not knowing what it was. I will not give you up this time. But darling, just kiss me slow. Your heart is all I own, and in your eyes, you're holding mine. Anyone know who sang that? Ed Sheeran. Oh, Kim Carrick knows that. Well done. Ed Sheeran, of course, we know um, the song Perfect. It's a very popular song. And if you look at those there, there's many more. I could go loads enough. You get it yourself, you'll see. And it paints a picture of what, of what people perceive uh, love to be. Um, and there's very similar themes that cascade through the lyrics within each stanza of each song. Um, and it very much confirms the notion is that the love is portrayed as a feeling. It's insular, it's self-focused. It's through a song or a poem or even through relationships. And we can probably relate to that a little bit as well when we think about relationships that we've been in or are in or, or, or whatever. Um, we can very much determine love to be, what does it give me? What do I receive? How do I feel? How do I demonstrate it? How do I experience it? Um, and it probably impacts the way you know, that we relate to other people, doesn't it, as well, within uh, relationships as well. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, <coughs> faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, against such things there are no law. And we think about love and what it means to, to love and be loved. 
that's the outworking uh, of that. So to understand love, we need to understand the essence of love, its function, its impact, and its source. And we need to do that, not from Google, thankfully, um, or from Hadaway or, or other song lyrics, but from the Bible, because that is God's word, uh, isn't it? So according to ESV, I did a bit of research on this. Um, you, can, you can clarify this later on if you want. You can, I'm sure you can do your own research. But love is a word or a theme is mentioned 551 times in the Bible. I might be Googling it now. Um, within the Bible. And for us as God's people, if we are, it's important for us to recognise that love starts with God. And we see this right in, in again, don't turn to these. I'm just going to read these out. Um, but in 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 and 8, we read that very um, concept that God is love. It says this, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. And hopefully we know this, but God by his nature is loving. He is love. Um, and that relational love within the perfect union of the Trinity um, manifests itself in the person of Jesus. And we'll know that Jesus um, lived as fully man uh, and fully God. And through his death on the cross, God demonstrated more than in any other way his love for <coughs> us as his people. Um, and in doing so, brought us into a relationship with himself and with each other if we are his, uh, if we are his church. Um, I'll read more about this in, in, in the following verses. It says, This is how God showed his love amongst us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. A very clear picture, isn't it, that, that the essence of love, the source of love itself is God. And we see that in his word. And in these uh, that the verses there, which are great verses, really affirming verses about uh, God and how he loves us uh, and what he's done for us in the gospel. Uh, we get also a few more points and we see here that God is the source of all love. Uh, everything that God does is an expression of his love. And that can even be within uh, discipline and judgment. And we see you know, within justice, we've got a God who is a just God. And even within that, we see um, an element of his love through that. We see it within his grace and compassion. Um, everything that he does is a means of him demonstrating that love uh, to us in his essence, because God by his essence, he is a God that is his love. Um, we also read through there that God has demonstrated his love to us. And again, you have a question, how can we actually know that God loves us? Um, we do some self-reflection from, from, from today or the week you've had and all of us fall short of the glory of God. We know that all of us sin, all of us can succumb to the temptation of the flesh, um, and that can really, without a solid understanding uh, of, of, of how we are so loved by God and what God has done for us, that can lead us to think, well, can God actually love me? Um, but we know that God does because the Bible tells us in Romans that whilst we were still sinners, what did God do? He sent his son to die for us. He wasn't waiting for us to be better, do better, to love more, to be joyful, to be peaceful, to be gentle, to be self-controlled. He wasn't waiting for that in order to, for us to receive his love. We received his love. Um, and therefore we are able then to seek to live in light of that. So God demonstrates his love for us. And again, we see that, don't we, in no better or clearer way than at the cross. We read the gospel, we see Jesus' life, 
his death, his resurrection, we see an evidence there, a clear evidence uh, that we have received the love uh, of God. We've got to rest in that. We've got to believe that. We've got to rest in that, in that truth. And another thing which comes out of the passage there is that God becomes visible through the way that we love one another. So we know that Jesus obviously is, is you know, in, in, in incarnate. He came to earth. He was God. He's fully God, fully man. And people saw God in the flesh. You see that in uh, John chapter one, the word became flesh. We know that Jesus um, is God and therefore, but today that's how we can demonstrate or receive that tangibility of God is how we love one another. Um, I know for us, we've certainly in our experiences, um, we can testify to the tangible love of God through his people, through his church. And hopefully um, you're sitting there, you've given that to us. Hopefully in the future we can, or people can give that back to, to each other as well. But that, that tangibility of that feeling God's love for us, God does that as well through uh, his people. And it's helpful, isn't it, for us to see that, that relational love that we see throughout, throughout scripture. So God, um, who, this is God's words, written by inspired authors and through these authors right throughout the Bible, particularly New Testament, we see um, authors imploring people, uh, the church primarily, to love one another. And um, we see this theme, and it's going to hit us now as we go through some more um, examples through God's word, um, an evidence of that love that we're reading about and we're talking about through the Bible. And I think, you know, when we think about the love of God, we need to look no further, really, than the life and ministry of Jesus. And it helps us to focus on Jesus, um, his life uh, and his ministry. Because when we think about the essence of love, when we talk about God being love, the source of all love, um, defined and displayed in the nature and character of God, then we need to acknowledge that that is Jesus as well, isn't it? Because he is uh, God. And Jesus speaks a lot about love through the gospel. So I'm going to read some verses to us just to help us really ground this um, truth about God's love for us, for his people, for his creation, all through um, the life of, of Jesus. So in Matthew 22, verse 36 to 39, it says this, uh, after a Pharisee has asked Jesus a question, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law, um, probably thinking about, is it doing this? Is it doing that? And Jesus says these following words, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is a great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbour uh, as yourself. And it's something we're going to consider as we look at the application uh, of Galatians 5, but it all points, doesn't it, towards Jesus' heart for his people. Um, the way that he's talking about love, the Lord your God primarily with all your heart uh, and soul and mind. And to be able to love God truly and deeply is to, be, is to know and understand that we are loved by God. And that, that place in, in the love of God is the best place that we can be um, as, as believers. Again, we see this in John's Gospel, so a few more verses for us to see. And again, please note the thread um, and the familiar words, the repetition of Jesus' words when he's talking to his disciples about how they should respond to one another uh, and to those around them. It says in John chapter 13, verse 34 to 35, says, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Again, in John chapter 15, verse 12, it says, My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. And John chapter 15, 17, another repeat of that command. And this is my command. It's from Jesus to his people. Love each other. And there's such an emphasis on the disciples' love 
toward each other. Um, but again, the real beauty I find in that is it's, it's, it's underpinned by that refrain, as I have loved you. Um, and that's, again, that evidence there, God himself in the person of Jesus declaring to his people that he loves them. And in, and in doing that, helps them understand a bit more what it, what it can be like to go and actually take the love they've received and to be able to go and do that and um, share that and live that towards uh, other people. Um, and again, we've seen, you'll know from scripture, you see countless examples, isn't there, of Jesus um, demonstrating his love towards others. So we see it through the healing of people, just, you know, top of your head, like the demon-possessed man, the love Jesus shown toward him to heal him from that, that, you know, transforming his life completely. Uh, the paralytic man, um, from a physical sense, um, healed him as well. Uh, Jairus' daughter, who was dead, was then brought to life. That physical uh, healing that Jesus did to show love towards them, show compassion towards them. We see again, in a different way, we see the love of Jesus demonstrated through his, his encounters. So uh, a few weeks ago, you know, Neil talked about the woman of the well, um, a real encounter which embodied Jesus' love towards people. Um, and that was as simple as entertaining them, to speak to them, to include them, to demonstrate the love that God has for them um, with that interaction. With Zacchaeus as well, we've heard of, haven't we, that someone who's rejected by society, um, Jesus meets him, calls him and engages with him, dines with him and ultimately transforms and, and course corrects his life. Um, and, you know, we see Jesus' love for us and others in no better way than his death and resurrection. Um, that invitation to put faith in his death and resurrection for us enables us to receive salvation um, for our sin and to, be, to receive the, all of the eternal, physical, spiritual blessings that comes with uh, faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we need to see that Jesus, you, I think we can lose it a little bit. Jesus embodied, embod, embodied, but embodied the love of God um, in everything that he did. There's, you know, we know if we know theologically that Jesus was perfect, he was righteous, but if you just see, he wasn't trying not to sin or he wasn't trying to, or he, he actively pursued people in love because he is love and because ultimately he, by his, by his nature, was, was, was able to kind of move out from that. And that's for us, I think, as well to think about as, as Christians. We have that spirit of love within us. We do because the Holy Spirit is the one who enables that, isn't it? And that comes from salvation and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, so... Look in a little bit, because we talked about it. I think it is really important for us to, to know that actually these fruits of the Spirit, they are who we are. Yeah, you know, it's, in, it's really hard, sometimes impossible, to love somebody in your own strength. I know Georgina finds it really hard to love me a, a lot of the time. Um, it's just the Spirit more. But, um, because in our own strength, we're, you know, we, we haven't got that, that framework, that grid, that compass um, to be able to, oh, it's really hard, but I'm just going to gracefully lavish this love upon you. We have to do that instead with the spirit. Um, so we understand that's who we are, but of course there's not working of that as well. So just some, some thoughts um, before we move on. Um, joy and peace are shorter, don't worry, for those that are worried. Um, so what's it look like for us as a church to, re, to, to apply um, love as a concept, as a, as a fruit of the spirit to each other, but also to those 
that are around us. And again, we've touched on it before, make no apologies for that because it's the refrain that we're seeing a lot through. And we see it again in 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 again. It says we are to love one another. Um, and again, that it's an extension, it's a realisation that it's our character, it's our nature. If we truly believe that Jesus is our Lord and Saviour, he has transformed our thinking, our hearts, that, and that's going to impact the decisions that we make, the, the um, conversations we have. Our hearts' desires are going to change. Everything is going to be different because we, you know, we've received that, that almost a, a truer sense to love others in the knowledge that God's loved us. Um, that's really, really important and in line with the Holy Spirit as well. So, um, again, before we seek to act anything in our own strength, before we seek to step out and love people or care for people or whatever it might be, it's that real assurance and knowledge and resting in that knowledge that God, who is the source of all love, loves us. He's given us his Holy Spirit that enables us to love other people as well uh, in a Christ-like way, and that helps us then uh, move out uh, toward people, towards one another as a church and also to those obviously outside uh, of the church. So we see again, Paul writes, um, Neil's touched on this already, but Paul writes um, in Galatians chapter 5, um, to, again to the church there, it says what matters for them as a church is that their faith in Christ expresses itself through love, love for God and love for each other as a church. Um, and further down in, in that chapter 5, verse 13, it says they should be serving one another humbly in love. Um, and ultimately, we, we, we'll be familiar, won't we, if we've uh, been here the last few weeks, there was, there was a, a tension in the church, a division in the church where um, people were being told differently that, yes, Jesus is God. However, you must also be circumcised. You must also follow that law. So there was that tension anyway um, between them. But that idea around loving your neighbour as yourself, faith in Jesus Christ alone, um, is obviously really the message Paul was, was imploring to them because to have complete assurance and faith in the finished work of Jesus was, the, was what they, they needed then to be able to move out in love uh, towards others, that Jesus being the object of their faith, not themselves, not one another, not their efforts, their, their good deeds, whatever it might be, but the person and work of Jesus uh, was what enabled them to be able to move out in love towards others. Um, so f practically for us what could that look like um, well, primarily the focus again we need to have and it's, it's that refrain that, that hopefully is coming through it's firstly before we actually move out towards other people um, in love is to be able to rest and acknowledge and as rest, rest in the knowledge and the truth that we are loved by God that we have um Every, every day we wake, every day we, we go to sleep, that we, we do so in the absolute knowledge that we, we are loved by a God who knows us implicitly uh, and yet loves us and demonstrates that or has demonstrated that through the death and resurrection uh, of his son and given us his word, given us uh, his church, one another, as that tangible expression and evidence of his love uh, towards us. Um, and then only then, I believe, can we truly respond to that call to love one another. Um, and we see that, that God will then use that to lead others to that knowledge of Jesus. So John 13, verse 35 says this, By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. If they do what? Love one another. Love one another. 
um, against Jesus' words, yeah? The truth of his word that tells us, God's clear in this, that as his people, we're called to love one another. Now, what could that look like uh, practically? Um, lots of things. And we're going to pick up these things in GCs as well this week around what it could look like uh, in a tangible sense, in a physical sense. But there's a few thoughts from me. I think we'll pray for each other. Um, how often do we do that? How often do we pray for one another as a body at Liberty Church? Um, on a Wednesday night, yes. On a Sunday, yes. But is it part of our discipline to think on a commit? brothers and sisters, to prayer, because that is a real indication, isn't it, that we're able to do that as an expression of the love that we have for them, uh, that we've received um, from God. We can serve each other. What does that look like? Lo- loads of ways. We have, you know, just looking out for each other, um, be, being attentive to each other's needs, um, whether that's practically, spiritually, emotionally, whatever it might be. Having that outward look towards others um, is, a, is a real... Um, practical way that we can demonstrate the love of God towards them. Um, again, being hospitable, um, hospitable, sorry, um, the, you know, the, the, whatever God's given us, to us to use that, not for ourselves, but to be able to bring people in, the people that, that don't have as much or that, you know, we can look at and think, oh, but actually to be able to kind of reach out to people outwardly and, and want to welcome people. We talked before then about Jesus's encounters with others. He's calling people that no one else will, will call. He's engaging and reaching out to people that no one else will. And that's, is that us? Do we do that? You know, are we evidencing the love of God to all or just a few? And that's something for all of us to kind of consider uh, in that. And I think as well, a couple of, a couple of ones to close with that is, is spending time with each other and being accountable with each other. Um, we've had prayer WhatsApp groups, don't we, which are great. Um, we've had GC groups, but really kind of, sacrificing comfort, time, money, all those things to, to be together um, is a real tangible way that we can, we can evidence the love of God to them. Um, and being accountable as well um, and, and having that real deep care of each other's souls, each other's spiritual walks with the Lord is again a real way that we can um, evidence the love of God to them. Ways that I'm reading these out thinking, of course we know these. But the challenge is, are we doing it? Because when's the last time someone came into your life and said, you know, how's your walk with, the, with God? How, what have you read this week? Um, what's something are you struggling with this week? Or is it all kind of very much uh, on, on the surface? And I think, you know, it's not, it's not well, maybe, but it shouldn't be intrusive. It should be loving uh, and evidencing the love of God towards, towards people. So there's that challenge this week, I think, isn't it? And moving forward, how are we going to evidence the love of God towards one another um, and that's that's in a more uh, a multitude of ways I think a really nice thing um, Neil shared last week was around celebrating when people respond in the right way and if we can see that um, people are, are going through things or if people are responding in, in, in a positive way to celebrate that with each other and and to demonstrate that that love toward them is, is a really positive thing so um, so some thoughts there on, on, on that part of love. Just moving through a lot more briefly around what is joy and what is peace. Well, within our passage, um, you know, and, and through, through the words of God, love, joy and peace are, are very much interlinked, um, kind of like a, a triplet almost, like a, a group come together. Um, probably joy and peace are even more linked in than the three together. Um, but Jesus himself, himself when, when speaking 
with his disciples, um, particularly towards his end of his life, towards his final conversations um, with them, you know, used them a lot in, in his language. So, for example, John 15, verse 11, I've told you this, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. And then John 14, 27, Jesus says to his disciples, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Naturally, love, I think, in the context of, of God being love, is going to take precedence because it's a, you know, it's a more reference, perhaps, through, through the word of God, through the Bible. But joy and peace are two themes, particularly around Christmas time, isn't it, actually, um, that are key for us to consider uh, as believers, as people who believe and have put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, because they inform us a lot about God. They inform us about Jesus as a person and inform us about ourselves uh, and how we respond uh, to them. So, again, I don't apologise. I want to I I get us into the, these verses from, from God's word. And again, we see joy and peace used together a lot in God's word. Um, in Romans 14, verse 17, it says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Um, in Romans 15, verse 13, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, the Apostle Paul speaks a lot about joy and peace in the letters that he writes. So obviously we're familiar, aren't we, with uh, his writings, his epistles to the, to the early church. Um, again, this is research you can, you can check if you need to. Um, not now yet, Matty, wait, wait there. Um, 21 times he, he refers to joy in his letters to the church. 43 times he refers to the concept of peace of God to them. Um, and Paul's defining joy and peace, not as feelings or like a byproduct of, of someone's faith, um, but as really key kind of uh, significant um, aspects and attributes of, of God's nature. Um, he says this about them, joy and peace are key signs of the kingdom of God. Uh, when God's reigning in a believer's life, then joy and peace should be present. Um, joy and peace are the mechanisms that we can use to serve God. Not fear or obligation uh, or duty, but joy and peace is what should drive our service of God and one another. Uh, joy and peace are essential for us to understand true Christian hope. Um, and joy and peace are evidences of the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Do we, do we know, do we believe and know the power of the Spirit that's within us? Um, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead and dwells us and the joy that we have and the peace that we have um, in our nature as we've, we've um, transformed people are evidences of that as well. Um, not a feeling um, to make you feel good or happy or feeling calm to represent what peace is, but real attributes and characteristics of God that we have as part of the Holy Spirit uh, within us. And if I was to ask you in closing questions around what makes you happy, what might you say? Um, family would be a, a reasonable one. Friends, food, don't look at you, sorry, look at me. Uh, faith, these are all Fs by then, it's not meant to be intentional alliteration but it's just come out that way uh, and hope for the future um are things that you might talk about when it when it comes to um things that, that make us happy and we all know these are all transient things aren't they things that that aren't going to last um blessings but things that aren't going to last but if we apply them to god's provision for us then it's different so family 
Well, God's brought us into a family, hasn't he? If we put our faith in Jesus, God's brought us into his family. We're brothers, we're sisters. I mean, more than that, we're heirs with Christ. Um, and we're called to love one another. And that, that brings us joy. Um, that, that is a deep-rooted joy uh, within us. Again, f- take food, for example, um, which we can use for comfort, can't we? Um, basically, mental health versus physical health. Um, my mental health is okay. <laughs> physical health, maybe not. Um, but if we're Christians, we know that God is preparing a feast for us in, in, in glory, a feast that, yes... It's physical, but ultimately we're going to feast on his presence, on um, the relationships that we're going to have in glory with one another, with the, the church, not just here, but all over uh, the world. That brings us joy, um, should bring us joy. It shouldn't be a, a, a laboursome experience or feeling or thought. It should really um, bring us as real joy. Friends and faith kind of together. We think about us as a church, don't we, uh, in GCs. Um, and churches here together, worshipping God together, being reminded about the character of God, the nature of God. Um, every time we meet, we just sang songs that you know, really affirm what we believe about God as our Heavenly Father, uh, about Jesus as our Saviour, about the Holy Spirit who leads and draws us into that knowledge of, of who God is in a more, a more purposeful, meaningful, deeper way. Um, our souls are revived when we gather together. And that should bring us joy that really should bring us uh, joy as as believers so i'm finding that hope there uh, one day jesus will return um we can we can forget that can't we a little bit i think we can lose sight of that jesus will return um and we'll, we'll be with him for all eternity um does that bring you joy does that does that make us experience and 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 move toward that aspect of joy uh, from from god and it's in closing here so True joy in Christ will lead us to experience peace. Um, and to have true peace is to have the mind of Christ um, leading us to experience peace and demonstrating that peace uh, to other people. Um, how much it look like for us? The outworking of this is to live in peace as the church. So three more verses for us just to, to ground that in before we close is Romans twelve eighteen. If it is possible, just Paul writing... As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. In 1 Corinthians, God has called us to live in peace. Again, 1 Corinthians 14, God is not a God of disorder, but a God of peace. So what does that look like for us? Um, very brief as a church. To resolve conflict that arises in a peaceful way. To pursue unity and avoid division. To be quick to repair relationships or resolve disagreements amongst people within the church to pursue truth and apply it in all aspects of our church life and and the purpose of what we're looking at to reflect the character of Jesus to everybody in the church and outside of the church. So but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Um, this week I pray that we reflect on the character of God but recognising that in and through the Lord Jesus, in and through the Holy Spirit, we've received the fruit of the Spirit, a Spirit that dwells within us. Um, and hopefully this week we're able to affirm that and then to seek to live out what it looks like to, to love, to have joy, to have peace um, for the glory of God. Let's pray together. Uh, Father, we just thank you that you are a God of love, not a God of absence or... Um, 
and you fear where we should fear, but a God who is relational, a God who has stepped into the world to demonstrate your love to us um, in the form of, of Jesus. The word became flesh um, so that ultimately all of our sin, all of our wrongdoing, our rebellion, our shortcomings, that you've provided a way for them to to be dealt with and that we don't need to fear sin and death anymore. Um, Father, I pray that if we are yours and we put our faith in Jesus, that we we wouldn't wake up tomorrow with any level of worry about anything. That's a big ask, but Spirit, we ask for that because that means that, that we are affirming your character, God, being a God who loves immeasurably your people, um, who has gifted us with joy as a, as a, a means of, of interpreting a, situations that we experience. And we can, we can encounter a peace that surpasses all understanding because the object of these things is not our own efforts or experiences, but it's you, Father God. So I pray you'd help us in that, help us to embody them, help us to look to Jesus this week to be able to um, just move that little bit closer to to what it looks like to live in response to your word this uh, from today, Father God. I pray that, um, yeah, that we can just reflect on opportunities you've given us to to, to love each other um, and to to respond and live in light of the fruit of the Spirit that that we have within us because we have your Spirit within us, Father. Um, so yeah, we pray pray for that, Lord, and just thank you again for the gospel for Jesus for what He's done for us. And we pray that as we now take communion together, that we would just be able to trust you more, to love you more, and to be able to respond in praise and adoration for what um, you have done for us on the cross in your death and your resurrection. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.